Galatians 6, verses 7 through 8 read, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Hello and welcome back to Think This Way. This is the podcast of Faith Bible Church. Once again, it's me, Pastor Bryce, hosting. I have with me today Bob Walther. Bob, thank you so much again for being with us. Uh, Pleasure to be here, Bryce. Thank you. I know it's been a busy time at work, and so you being here is even greater of a sacrifice, so I really do appreciate that a lot. Well, we have had now, in this quarterly focus on personal holiness, three episodes on what personal holiness is, three episodes on why you should strive for personal holiness, and now we are beginning three episodes on how to become holy. Then we'll have four at the very end on just how, but more practically. So the next three episodes, this one and the next two, will all be on how, if you want to be holy, grow in personal holiness, how do you do it? Today, I've titled this episode, Holy In, Holy Out. We are talking about holy input to help us to grow. And maybe one way to illustrate this is, of course, my children are very young right now. I know you've got some younger grandchildren, Bob, but I am always amazed especially at my oldest, Eliram, who's six, I'm always amazed by the phrases that he picks up from who knows where and then repeats to us. So this was not too long ago. One of his aunts was in town, so Michaela had a sister in town, and we were sitting around the table. And if I have the quote right, it was something like, we're sitting there, and I'd never heard this from Eliram before, but he looks over at his aunt, Rachel, and says, Rachel, be a deer and get me a snack. <laughs> we had never heard that. I don't think we had ever said that. I'm sure it was from a show or something. And that's the other thing with having young kids is you hear lots of quotations from movies. So a lot of what they're hearing, they'll just say something they heard in a movie for good or for ill. And then you have to navigate through that. But what's clear in raising young children is the way they talk is shaped by just what they're hearing. So whatever the input is, both in terms of their parents talking and behavior, but also what they're hearing on movies, what they take it in like a sponge and it comes right back out. That's what we're talking about today with holiness, holy input. What we take in is what's going to come out. There are two times in the New Testament when the Apostle Paul says, do not be deceived, and then says something that he thinks we'd be deceived about. But what's interesting is they're basically about the same thing. So Galatians 6, I read earlier, he says, Do not be deceived. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. So input equals output of your life. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says it again. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Bad input equals bad output. The people you associate with, the influences you take in, lead to what go out. And it's interesting that he says, do not be deceived just on these two things about holy input here, or about really input of any kind, that it equals our output. And I think he says, don't be deceived because that's where we're easily deceived, because it's usually a slow, subtle influence over time as you're exposing yourself to certain input. 
It's easy to be tricked, whether with bad company or just bad habits or bad input. And then that ends up having a significant influence on us. So for those of us, Bob, who are really wanting to grow in personal holiness, I know that in our context, a lot of the input that influences us is entertainment. Movies, TV shows, social media, what we listen to, what have you. And of course, there are those X-rated movies out there that every Christian knows you don't watch those. But then when you go down from those that are clearly sinful and you go down from those, then you have to make decisions. What am I going to allow in as input? How can we, do you have any counsel? How can we be making decisions about our entertainment choices that are not going to deceive us, like Paul says, and hurt our striving after personal holiness? Well, as you said, there's this declension of things in our world, and some of them obviously we would avoid. And there are some obviously that we know are good. It's those in that gray in-between area that can really be a trap. The, the short, easy answer that's not adequate is avoid it. Don't go there. You know, as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about the, the uh, wise men when they learned in a dream from God that Herod was going to do harm to them, they went home a different way. They avoided the trouble. There are so many things out there. I mean, the commercials on television are horrible. Our grandchildren like to come over and watch television in our house. They live right across the, the lake from us. And RJ and, and Robin will not have television in their house. Uh, and I'm proud of them for that. And there are times where I wish we didn't have it. But they would come over and watch some of the children's cartoon shows. And some of them are just, they characterize such rough, bad behavior. So we've started discouraging them. And then we started seeing the commercials that would be on children's television normalizing to them aberrant things in life, homosexuality and other things. So we just said, you can't watch TV at our house anymore. So the simple answer is avoid it. For me personally, I work out a lot. I go to Bob's gym and work out. There are times where times of the day I won't go. The, the apparel that young women wear in the gym is very inappropriate. So I choose times to go when they typically aren't going to be there. There's old guys like me in there. But in, in everyday life, Bryce, it is a difficult, difficult, and it sneaks up on you. You know, you, all of a sudden you're watching something or you, you go to a movie and you think, oh my goodness, I shouldn't be here. And it got to be a joke with our boys. I mean, my, my boys are all in their 40s now. It was a joke with them on the number of movies we walked out of when they were children. I, the one in particular, I remember, was Uncle Buck. Now, uh, the sanitized version of Uncle Buck's pretty entertaining. The one that went in the theaters was so filled with bad language and this and that and the other that I, that's just one I can remember we walked out of. Marianne and I have walked out of movies. We would 
go in and think it was going to be something and 15 minutes into it said, we're out of here. I don't want to see this. I don't want my mind exposed to this. So Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I appreciate in our day as technology develops is, you know, commercials, which have just gotten worse and worse over time. As there's been a move from people having television with commercials, there's been a move toward streaming, whether that's Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. And that I will say is one of the things I've appreciated is that a lot of these streaming services you pay for so that and they don't have commercials. And we probably underestimate how good that is because <laughs> then you don't have to worry because you don't have control over commercials. I mean, they just show you whatever they want to show you, you know. So that I appreciate. Um, the other thing I've appreciated is if you're listening and you haven't become familiar with this, I'd encourage you to look up a website called Plugged In. I think it's pluggedin.com or it might be pluggedinonline.com. But that's actually a ministry where people go and watch movies that come out, new, old movies, basically any popular movie. You can look it up on this website, Plugged In, and it will tell you exactly what to expect in that movie. Now, that did not always exist, but wow, that is a really great resource. So much so that for me and Michaela now, if we're going to watch a movie either in the theater or at home, we basically never watch a movie anymore without looking it up there first because of that very reason of having to walk out of films because they mm-hmm. could just show anything. you know. And PG-13 doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's, even PG doesn't seem to mean that much. Like, you have certain expectation what PG or PG-13 will contain. It almost is like it could have anything, sad, sadly. And so either plugged in online, I think there's other websites that do that same thing, but being able to see what media you're taking in. One other interesting point was that for a very brief time, Michaela and I tried, I don't know if it's called VidAngel or something, but it was a service. It was one of these services, Christian service, where they would take a lot of popular movies, you'd pay for the movie to stream it, but they would have gone through and basically cut out a lot of the bad parts. There used to be older versions mm-hmm. of this, like VHS type versions of this. So Michaela and I subscribed to that for a very brief time, but what I realized is even when you cut some of the explicitly bad parts out of these movies, the movies that were willing to have the explicitly bad parts had such bad messages that it still had such a terrible influence. Like it went away from the movies not having seen anything explicit, but just feeling unclean because of the whole message of the movie. And sometimes that's the subtle influence. It's not even the explicit stuff, but just the what's being presented to you in the in the movie. I wanted to take a second now and switch slightly more positive because I know we can just sound like negative shutting down movies and stuff. It's not that we don't care about movies and shows and things like that, but rather that we really care about holiness and we want to promote it in ourselves and in other people and holy input really matters. So not just focused on the things we need to avoid so that we're not poisoning the well. What are some of these holy inputs that will really help you grow in how you think and therefore in how you live. With holy input, I'm thinking things like any time in the Bible, sermons, any Bible teaching, whether that's listening to Legionnaire Ministries or Ask Pastor John, Bible teaching, good podcasts, fellowship and conversation with believers is a good input, Christian books, biographies, Christian music, good Christian music, 
any of these things and anything else where you're taking in God's word in its various forms. This was a quote that really struck me when I read it, and Bob, I'm still not entirely sure what I think of it. I think I agree with it. Is it applicable to everyone? I don't know. This was Charles Spurgeon, where he said, We are quite persuaded that the very best way for you to be spending your leisure time is to be either reading or praying. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that seems pretty good. (laughs) I don't know that he'd say you can't do anything else. I think he played, what was the game the Puritans played? Some form of bowling. I think he did that sometimes, but, you know, holy input, reading, praying. So I wanted to ask you, Bob, in your own life, what sources of regular holy input do you have? And do you see any connection between those regular sources of holy input and then how you think and how you live? Yes. <laughs> Good answer. This is a potentially very long discussion here. The quest for personal holiness is really fought on two fronts. One is the mortification of sin which we've been talking about, the putting to old-fashioned word, mortician, put to death, to put to death the sin that dwells within us. But the other, that's killing something, and it's painful. It, it ain't easy. The other is feeding something, and that's feeding ourselves holiness, to grow in that, to, to starve that which is wicked, which is sinful, and to feed that which God honors and what God recognizes as as good. And there are several scriptures, and later I'd like to, to read a couple of them, uh, but the Bible tells us that we are to put off or to mortify, to put to death our sinful nature and to put on holiness. And I think that's where you want me to go, practically speaking, what do I do to put on holiness? Um, You mentioned in the sermon this last Sunday, Romans 8.13, live according to the flesh, you will die. That's what we're to mortify, the flesh, these fleshly desires, sinful desires, but by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So this, there is a bright picture here in this struggle with sin. Uh, as a matter of fact, focusing entirely on the sins that we need to mortify or put off, put to death, without an equal, or actually greater emphasis on putting on Christ-like character really leads to a self-absorbed, dour Christian life. Not at all the kind of joy that we ought to have, being so obsessed with, with the sinful nature. It certainly dwells within us, and we do want to put it, put it to death, but we do that better by feeding the holy part. In Ephesians uh, chapter 4, starting at verse 17, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to, listen to this list, sensuality, greedy to the practice of every kind of impurity. 
but that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through the deceitful desires and to, be, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And then when we jump back to probably the best verses on this in the Bible, this put off, put off, is in, in Colossians chapter 3. And what I want you to listen for in this is the contrast. The contrast between the sinful life and the holy life. And see which one makes your heart race. See which one makes you feel good, even as you hear them. And which one of them feels like it's crushing you as you hear it. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and the obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Isn't that so stark? <laughs> when, you, when you hear those sinful things, read and then follow it right away with the holy things that God desires in us, it creates a desire to go that way, to not go the other way for the Christian. And thanks be to the Holy Spirit within us that's correcting us and, and moving us in the directions that, that God wants us to go. The issue is to feed these Christ-like qualities in ourselves. And God gives us some tools to do that. In the Westminster Confession, it calls them the ordinary means of grace. And, and you've mentioned some of them. You know, there's several of them. The first one is Scripture. Just reading the Scripture, when you read these kind of things, for the, when the Christian reads these things, it can't help but affect you. It, it nurtures that within us. And not just these verses, but so, so the whole Bible. That's what, It nurtures that. Uh, prayer is another one. Certainly the, the Holy Spirit within us. The sacraments. And you think, well, how could that do that? Well, when one is baptized, you at that point are publicly identifying with God. That is an act of obedience that God honors in that sacrament. Sunday, the communion Sunday, was really 
special for me. I, I've really been thinking a lot about communion. You know, so many times we all get into just kind of going through it and not really thinking about it. But when you really think about doing that in remembrance of Christ and what he's done for us, that is a means of grace. It creates a want to in me to be obedient to him when I really consider the significance of what we're celebrating there, of what we're remembering. And one that uh, for me has maybe, well, I wouldn't put any of them in the class of being most significant, but the church, the body of Christ, if I depended on myself on this, I would not be very successful. But I am in five small groups, and it's because I know my weaknesses. Only five. Only five, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I count Sunday worship, six, okay? I, it, being in a small group creates an accountability with me to walk the way I'm supposed to walk. And I'm close enough with the men... That I'm in these that that are in these groups with me, that we confess to one another. It it gets um, down and dirty. We confess and we hold one another accountable to high standards of of godly living, and I don't know that I would be very successful, Bryce, were it not for those groups. It's almost the reverse of this: do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Yes. So what does good company do? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we had talked a bit ago. You had mentioned how R.C. Sproul has had a significant influence in your life, Mm -hmm. his teaching, which is interesting because, of course, he lived far away, not here. So maybe touch on that. How, In what ways were you taking in R.C. Sproul? How did he have an influence on your life? You know, Marianne and I have both tried to remember, but I got saved in uh, October of 1983, and it was a short time after that. I don't know how R.C. Sproul's daily devotional table talk started coming to our house. I I suspect that it was some more mature Christian friend to think this will really help him and uh, both of us mature in the Lord. And when I started reading it, the the Coram Deos and, you know, Before the Face of God, and, you know, there was so um, specific and clear on how to live the Christian life. And and I got so interested in Sproul, you know, as I mentioned earlier, The Holiness of God was a pivotal book for me. When I read that, I I remember driving. It's funny how you, things happen. You remember specifics. I was sitting at the, the intersection of, of Weinbach and um, Boonville Highway waiting for a left turn signal. And this thought came in my head it came off something I heard on the radio about what kind of a God desires to be glorified. And I was sitting there, and I thought, well, he deserves it. And it was because I had been exposed to the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. He deserves that. Mm-hmm. All of our adoration and uh, obedience and whatever holiness we muster up this side of death, that is, that is what God deserves in us. It is interesting because today, especially as younger people, social media is full of people they call influencers who are just putting out videos and content that people are watching very regularly. And it could be about all kinds of things, how to upkeep your house, how to what's going on in sports, whatever. 
But these influencers literally call themselves influencers. They're inf- they recognize they're influencing people. And I think, and it it's fine. You know, somebody shows you how to fix something, wonderful. But I think it's also important that we have some godly influencers in our life. And I feel like in, you know, R.C. Sproul has been one of that for many people or people appreciate John Piper or John MacArthur. And I know we need the caution not to worship these men. And they would say it and we say it, don't worship these men. They're not infallible. They're not perfect. You know, so you want to appreciate leadership in your local church. So there's all those cautions there. But that being said, I don't want to overcorrect because what I find is a lot of times healthy Christians I know are taking in regular input, both from the local church, that's the priority, your own local church. But very often, like just today, I was in the gym uh, at the YMCA and in the locker room, somebody walks in and I didn't recognize him at first and he's playing on his phone, David Platt, the... Hmm preacher David Platt, and I'm listening and go, is that David Platt? And he's playing it real loud in the locker room. And I, sure enough, I look over and I recognize he was someone I know from uh, here in town, a believer. So I said, hey, David Platt, appreciate that. And I thought, how encouraging. He's listening to some David Platt sermons, and that's shaping the way he's, he's talking about evangelism and missions, to shaping the way he's thinking. So I feel like whether it, whoever it is in these next generations, but I do think this do not be deceived it's healthy for us to have some, you know, and even this podcast, in a sense, is we're trying to influence people to think in a healthy way. So avoid all the pitfalls. Don't make idols. Don't worship people, preachers, teachers. But for me and so many others like you, Bob, and so many of my friends who do well spiritually, in our day and age, with so much technology, you can really be getting some good in- influence and input. So in the past, you may not have thought that much about the input you were getting. You may not have thought about commercials or much about entertainment, as long as it's not terribly bad. You may not have sought out various ways to be shaping your mind around the word throughout the day and what you listen to, what you watch, and what you read. But may God help us all now, by his grace, to think this way. Mm-hmm.